Well, hello, Ukramedia family. Vladimir Proknevsky here, and welcome to episode number seven of the Ukramedia podcast, where I serve our Ukramedia family with interviews from highly creative people every Tuesday and Thursday. Now, before I introduce today's guest, I would like to ask all of our listeners for a huge favor. We've been receiving so much great feedback from many of you about our podcast and our YouTube channel. We love hearing from you. Your feedback is very important to us. So we want to do something very special for anyone who takes their time to leave us a five-star review on iTunes between now and our birthday on April 16th. So all you have to do is go to iTunes.com, find our podcast, write a review, then take a screenshot of your review and submit it online at ukramedia.com slash iTunes. Anyone who takes their time to leave a review on iTunes will receive a small gift from us. Now back to the show. I'm very excited about today's episode because today's guest is my youngest brother, Dmitry Proknevsky. Dmitry is a motion graphics artist in Columbus, Ohio. Dimitri worked on commercials that aired on CBS during the 58th Annual Grammy Awards. His work is also featured on digital signage in various NCAA and professional sports stadiums across America. His past notable clients include Toyota, Honda, PNG, Chick-fil-A, White Castle, and Nationwide Insurance. Dimitri, welcome to the show. Hello, hello. Thanks for having me. All right. Well, there's so much we can get into. We can talk about a lot of things like that one time when I, I was supposed to babysit you and I lost you in Ukraine. Like you were four years old and I was eight years old. I don't know why parents gave me that responsibility, but it happened. Or we can talk about other things like you're also an amazing, incredible writer and uh, you're a very good artist as well. You can draw really well now, but you're a motion graphics artist. Now, how did you get into that instead of writing or drawing? Like, can you walk me through that perhaps? Yeah. So I started out drawing, as you know, and I was into drawing. And actually, my last two years of high school, there was this program in my school where I could go to a career and technical school and spend my last two years of high school going to the school where I can pick kind of like my trade and focus on it. And so they had, you can learn about being a firefighter, you can be, you know, take culinary arts. And obviously I was into the art and design program. And, but the thing is I was playing football and I didn't want to leave my high school because I, I just had stupid stupid things I wanted to do and I gave up on that opportunity but then at the last year my senior year I was like no I want to actually go and learn more about art and practice it and stuff like that so I ended up spending a year in that school instead of the typical two years people did and at the end of that program they prepare you for an application to a local art school here in town and they prepare it so well they prepare your portfolio that a lot of people get really good scholarships and almost fully covered but because I was only there for a year I didn't get a very good scholarship and I didn't want to you know go to school and get too many loans out and I ended up going like the traditional public school Ohio State and one thing led to another I didn't know where I was going and then as you know Sergey was into motion graphics and I was like I'll just follow his steps and why blaze my own trail you know that's right and you're actually working the job that Sergey used to have right yes although I had to apply for it and everything else <laughs> I was at another I was another small shop, um, which again, Sergey found that. He was like, hey, I think you'd be great for this position. He, he found this job post thing. So I applied there and I spent a, a couple of years there. And then when Sergey left his work, he was working for a slightly bigger company. 
I, you know, I snuck in and took his spot. Well, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. I think, you know, it's awesome that Sergey kind of paved the way for you and kind of mentored you through this process. Now, you know, years later now, you're a motion graphics artist. Is this something that you uh, enjoy, love? Is it something that you would you see yourself doing or continue working on, improving? Or are you still flirting with this idea of maybe you should uh, explore writing or drawing or something else? Yeah, I feel like I'm definitely exploring a lot and I do a little bit of writing on the side and trying to keep up like the artistic skills on the side. But motion graphics is pretty cool, especially where I am right now here uh, in my current job. I'm allowed to have a lot of freedom and we do a lot of different types of projects. So I get to learn a lot of different things that I'm interested in. So, And whenever we have downtime, for instance, I get to just put all that time and energy into perfecting something that I'm really interested in, which right now is 3D character animating and designing. So um, so yeah, I think I can grow within this field in a lot of different directions. Now, how cool is it to see your own work, uh, like for example, at the annual Grammy Awards 58th, like on CBS, that you saw your own work on national television or national spots for Toyota, Honda, what, all the work you've done. Well, that must be special, just watching your own work on national TV. Yeah, it is. I mean, it feels, you know, it feels pretty cool to be able to see that. But, you know, you put in so much work into those spots and it's it was like, what is this, like a 10 second or 15 second spot, four 15 second spots that I did for that particular thing. Uh, so after, you know, like weeks and weeks of working on that and you see it for 15 seconds and it's there and it's gone, it's kind of like, oh, well. Life moves on, you know what I mean? So you can't celebrate it too much. You got to keep moving on and doing other stuff. Do you ever feel like you've arrived or do you feel like there's always something to work on? Oh, no, dude. Uh, you never feel like you arrive. I don't ever feel like I arrive. There's always so much to learn. And every time I see somebody else's work, it's just, you know what I mean? It's always a challenge. It's always, um, yeah, I feel always challenged every time I see something that I like and I don't know how it was done. And I'm like, man, I got to learn. I got to figure that out. So there's always this pressure to keep growing and learning. You know, I always tell people, like, if I went to school for, like, a, say, like, to become a art historian or something, I would just have to learn one thing you know, art history, and then I can teach that for the rest of my life without mm. having to learn any new thing. But we're in this field where it's like the technology and the design trends, it's pushing it so fast, so quick. And there's so many new talents coming in every, you know, every year, people are graduating out of great schools and creating great work. And so you got to be on your toes, man, you always have to be learning, You'll, you always kind of feel like you're not good enough. But that's what keeps the drive. Yeah, and it is a very competitive world, like you said. There's younger kids coming behind you who are really, really talented with fresh new ideas. Now, how do you stay original? Are there any sources that you uh, can recommend? What What do you do? Well, there's this designer, you know, very old school designer. I think, you know, he's passed away. But uh, Paul Rand, he's like an amazing designer that most designers know. He designed the IBM logo and UPS logo. And one of his quotes that I heard on, on a documentary about him, he said, you know, everyone's trying to be original. And he said, don't try to be original, try to be good. And I think as artists, we sometimes fall into this, like, whenever we, I don't know, lack a certain kind of skill or we don't feel as good, it's easy to say, oh, well, it's original. Look, it's cool. It's different, you know. So I think the focus is for me is just to try to stay good, try to be good. You know, once you feel like you're good, once you're put in the hours and once you're getting proficient in your work, I think originality just kind of comes by just observing other people's work and, you know, just looking around and talking to people and playing around, then you can be original. But if you're trying to be original first, I think you're putting the, the cart before the horse on that one, you know. Does it help the, the fact that you're also a writer and you like to draw? Do you draw some of your creativity from that as well? 
Yeah, I think it, it's, it's been helping me. Actually, the last three projects I did here at work actually involved a lot of drawing. Some of it was I needed to draw a storyboard, so a client wanted to see how the shoot is going to go. So I was drawing all the people and like where they're going to be and what they're going to do. Another one was like the actual animated piece involved drawing pieces in it. And so it comes in handy. And, you know, I don't feel like I'm amazing at drawing. So that's another thing that I feel like ah challenged in. I'm like, oh, man, I'm not that good at it. And I need to get better because, you know, it's something if you don't keep working on it, it kind of fades a little bit. So it kind of depends, man. It depends how the projects happen to fall in. Thankfully, I had three projects where I had to brush up on that skill. So I feel pretty good about that. You know, it reminds me of Terry Crews. You know, the old Spice commercial guy, Terry Crews, he always screams in commercials. Yeah, yeah. I thought I it was that. interesting because he was talking about he's a very creative guy. He's like a left handed and just can draw really, really well. I don't know if you've seen any of his work. He actually got his art scholarship before he got his football scholarship. He walked on as a football player, but he first huh. got, yeah, he's very talented, talented, amazingly talented guy. Wow. And I've been kind of following him lately, just listening to some of his work, some of his interviews. And he's talking about how competition and creativity how competition just pretty much destroys creativity. Well, he said creativity is the answer to competition. Instead of competing with people, like for example, he's now into the furniture lines, like he designs furniture. And wow. Yeah, very, wow. you should see some of his work. And he said, it's like, I didn't want to compete with people. Like I didn't know anything about furniture. I didn't want to just, because when you compete, you're just going to create a better chair. You know what I mean? But it's what he decided to do is like, I'm just going to be creative and just completely withdraw myself from that. And he decides like, what if I were to design furniture from like, let's say, I think it's Egyptian line that he wanted to do. Like what would people people back then by, you know, what kind of furniture would they have then? And then he started thinking that way. Then he start, he came up with some beautiful, beautiful furniture. You should check it out. And wow, it, it won so many awards. And so I thought it was interesting that his, instead of trying to compete, he just became creative and just decides like, you know, I'm just going to be, I'm just going to think of ways how I can do cool stuff instead of just a better chair. But anyway, I'll include that in the show notes as an interview. Yeah, on I'd love to. I'd love to see that. Tim Ferriss. Very cool stuff. Well, let's move into some questions, man. I'm going to ask you a lot of questions. Now, I know that life hasn't always been amazing since you started. You work with a lot of clients, so I know you have some stories. And share one painful experience as a motion graphics artist. Oh, as a motion graphics artist. Um... Hmm. Well, it's, it's kind of funny because I feel like I already covered it a little bit in the beginning when you started asking me about how I got into it. And I think that's where like the painful thing for me to this day, you talk about like, hey, if you feel if you have arrived or whatever, to this day, the fact that I didn't go to that career and technical school a year earlier and didn't have that year of extra education and as a result, didn't get as good as scholarship offers and didn't end up going to the you know, nice school and all that. To this day, man, I'm like, ah, did I miss a miss a boat because I was trying to do something stupid and like stay in school, keep playing sports for some reason, even though I didn't really care for it. So I think the fact that I lost some opportunity to really get some fundamental skills in me, that's a painful experience that is to this day in my mind. And I think it's partially part of my drive. You know, I feel like I'm... Um, I don't ever want to be behind again. I don't ever want to miss out on opportunities. So I'm constantly trying to learn and grow. So, well, yeah. I think it's interesting that you say that as your painful uh, experience. I think it's great that you stepped out and you, you were a kicker, right? You played for the high school. And, yeah. and you, I mean, what an experience that is under pressure, trying to kick field goals. Like, I think that's an experience that's uh, huh. yeah. better than, you know, a skill. A skill you can always learn later on, but not every day you get a chance to, to kick a field goal in front of hundreds of, I don't know how many people you're played in front of, but I think that's a, that's a pressure to learn. Not a, a lot of people don't perform well, well under pressure. And what a test that was for you. So I don't see yeah, it dude. as a negative. That's I, 
good perspective. Yeah. Well, uh, what about your most, I don't know, something that you're very proud about? Your could be something recent or something from the, from the past. I saw some of your drawings. They're amazing. But some uh, project that you worked on that you're very proud of. Um, yeah, I think I'm into, um, character design right now. So I've been learning some 3d, um, characters and like rigging and animating how a character would move. And so this is not something that I learned in school. And so I'm learning kind of like by myself and I, I see some real progress. So I'm really excited because that really intimidated me. So I think that's something that I'm really proud about right now that I'm stepping into like the uncharted waters. And I think it's starting to pay off because of all the work that I've been putting in. Speaking of work you're putting in, what are some good habits to your success? Good habits to my success. Um, I was thinking about this, you know, I don't, I don't have any like amazing habits that I'm super consistent with right now. Like I've been trying to wake up, wake up early, an hour early, and uh, like do some stuff, read and practice some things before going off to work. But you know, with just like different schedule things, and I, I don't know, sometimes they're asleep <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> so I think just the overall mindset that I have of I always try to take advantage of any kind of downtime that I have in like lunch breaks early in the morning sometimes but sometimes early in the evening to kind of polish my craft to learn something new to read about something to practice something you know and I do that basically because I know you guys are are big on family and work-life balance and I do that because I do want to have a good balance and I try not to take away anything from my family by bringing work home and I try to work around it so yeah this this whole uh work life balance is, is it is a tough one i i came to a conclusion you just have to find a job that you love and somehow can incorporate your family it's just hard to separate the two so that's kind of my conclusion just find something you love and see if you can incorporate your family into that. But, family business yeah and you know i shared the last episode uh, i like to kind of uh, split up days to certain things like you know monday is or tuesday is my personal day wednesday is daddy ashton time he calls it and then like friday is my personal time, my wife. So those types of things, that's the only thing. If, if it's not on the calendar, it's just not going to happen for work. Dude, life I, I really, I really, uh, I told you this already, but I really connected to that. And I really, I'm really glad that you shared how you do things because I think it's a real struggle, you know, the whole family work life or just like personal and work life balance. And I thought that was an ingenious idea, like giving everything a day and that way you actually do things. That's awesome. I'm sure your kids are happy. Yeah. It's, it wasn't me. It's all my wife. <laughs> She's the one I came up with. What about the, what person that influenced you the most in your life? Today, uh, you to know, date. To date. To date. I, I think I'm one of those people that I try to learn a little bit from everybody. I, I don't know if I have like one specific person that influenced me in the most. Um, I've had great teachers, again, in that career and technical school I was in. Uh, I had an awesome teacher, Keith Knorr, who was like a art director at a commercial firm before becoming a teacher. And he, he gave us some awesome knowledge that I wouldn't have gained anywhere else. Um, and obviously siblings, you guys, you and Sergey are an inspiration and I learned a lot from you guys, but I think more recently, you know, I think it's a cookie cutter answer. A lot of people say, well, my parents, you know, they've been my, uh, but I, I've, I've always like, oh, well, my parents, I don't know if they've influenced my motion graphic career or anything, but now looking back at it, I've recently been interviewing mom and dad about their life, which I should have a recording for you, for you, uh, Vlad. Yeah, so I heard. <laughs> I'll, so yeah, I've been interviewing them about their life and their life stories. And man, their stories are tough because, you know, former Soviet Union, they've lived through stuff that we can't even imagine. And I've been just thinking about that, just even though our parents are kind of humble and, you know, don't have higher education and, and don't have anything related to motion graphics or anything like that. But 
just hearing their stories about all the, the struggles that they went through and all the struggles of their parents and you know life was much tougher back then for some reason it's given me like a it opened up a whole new world for me of just the tolerance for trial and stress that people can take and still move on and still grow. Because to this day, like out of everything our parents experienced, like, dude, they're still happy. You know, every time you see them, they're laughing, they're they're kidding. And so the fact that you can experience some trial and some stress and still come out of it a good human and not losing your soul in the process. I think it's been very um, inspirational to me that I can work harder and I can feel a little bit of pain in the process and still survive and still thrive, you know? So that's that's uh, my parents (laughs) in a nutshell. I think it's hard to just pinpoint one person that influenced you the most. Like it's, it's just like everybody adds up to this journey on this earth. And I think that's well said. It's everybody you're around. You're the average of five people you spend the most time with. All right. How do you overcome creative blocks? Creative blocks. Um, well, creative blocks are overcome in a couple ways for me. So just something to note, I'm in an environment, I don't know, you know, a lot of motion graphics people or designers, they could probably relate. If you're working right now, you can you can probably agree that sometimes you don't have the luxury to have a creative block. You're on such a deadline driven time frame that you just have to go with your like first instinct, your first idea, and then you got to whip things out for your client. So I find myself in that position more so now. So I don't have the luxury to like, oh, you know, I, what, what else can I do? I'm having a creative block. I just have an idea. Idea, I run with it and it's typically okay. But sometimes we do have those longer projects, like some of the clients you've mentioned with bigger budgets. And sometimes, you know, you work on it for more than a couple months. And in those cases, you do have a lot of opportunity for creative blocks. And I found that just getting around people, your coworkers, and just bouncing ideas and getting outside of your own reality and just seeing what other people have and uh, what they can contribute, that helps a whole lot because everyone knows something that you don't. And also, just like browsing browsing the internet, like Vimeo or something like that, where you just look at people's work and just get inspired by looking at what other people are creating. And you can pull a little bit from one place, pull a little bit from another place, and there you have something original, you know? So I'd say those two things. Yeah, what works for me is thinking on paper. That's what I usually do. I, if I have a problem, just write it out or whatever it is and then just see. It's kind of like a math equation. You try to solve it on paper. It's like you dump all your thoughts, everything, what's, what's bothering you, and just kind of solve do you do those uh, mind maps? I've, I've seen I've seen that kind of similar, but not to, to that extent. Some I've seen those mind maps are pretty uh, intense, man. I saw some of them are pretty actually very artistic the way they designed them. It looks pretty cool. Huh? Yeah. All right. So let's move on to the next one. How many hours of sleep do you get every night? I'm around six, hovering around six. Ooh, that's sometimes not, less. I mean, I'm in the same way. Six hours is definitely. I mean, eight would be nice, but. Let's be realistic, man. Who, who gets eight hours of sleep? I, there's some people out there that do, and I don't I don't get it. So I guess, yeah, I, I, I could get more discipline and go to bed uh, at a better time. But, yeah, for now it's six. <laughs> what are your uh, best working hours? Early morning to noon before lunch. I think, like, after lunch, everything slows down for me, and there's less productivity. Is there anything that you're not good at? <laughs> Self-control when it comes to desserts, especially around Man, I'm the same way. holidays. Um, what I'm not good at, I'm not good at professionally. I'm not good at right now um, trying to get better at projecting how long something is going to take. So when somebody, a producer comes to me like, hey, we, you know, a client wants this video, this animation done. 
how long do you think it's going to take you? And I feel like I always undershoot and I'm like, uh, it's going to take me two days really ends up taking me like three or four days. And so I don't know if I just answer it, like try to make it sound like it's going to take me less work. And I hope that I do uh, faster than what I really know it will take me, but I'm trying to get better at that by just kind of throwing out the bigger estimate in my mind. So if I think it's going to take me two days, I'll say it's going to take me three days. Mm, that's smart. I remember Alina, my wife, worked at the pharmacy, or she was a pharmacy tech in college. And when people came by to to order their prescriptions and stuff, if, if it takes them 15 minutes, they would add another 15. Just so it's better to uh. under-promise and over-deliver than over-promise and under-deliver. So that's definitely a, a good takeaway there. Yeah, for sure. What profession other than your own would you like to attempt? Well, I am already attempting and kind of you, you've uh, mentioned it already. I'm I'm into writing. So I've been writing a lot and I've been taking a course online about like storytelling, how to write kids books. And I'm hoping that somehow they will merge together with my character animating and storytelling. But uh, yeah, if I couldn't do animation, I would I would be a writer. Now, is there a website we can go to and read some of your writing? Yeah, you can go to medium.com. Uh, it's like a blog website. I'm actually going to check what my username on that is right now because I don't know. <laughs> if you go to uh, medium.com, stories, uh, and I think you just search my name. Yeah, just search my name, Dmitry Proknevsky, on that. I know it's it's quite a spelling. Feast, I'll go ahead and include it in the show notes. So that way people yeah, go ahead and do that. Yeah, that would be good. All right, well, share one online resource. Like Evernote. One online. Evernote. I actually, you, I heard you talk about Evernote a lot. I use uh, something called Google Keep, and uh, that's pretty cool. I take notes a lot, and uh, it's been really helpful. But also, just for more professionally, I I work all those same websites that probably most people already know about. Lynda.com, Cineversity for Cinema 4D is amazing. Uh, there's a lot of resources, man. So I do have one more resource that's not an online. Can I share that? Sure, yeah. It's a book. I'm reading a, an amazing book. It's called, um, I have it right here in front of me. It says, You Can Have an Amazing Memory. It's by a guy named Dominic O'Brien. And he's a eight-time world memory champion. So apparently they have like world memory competitions. And this guy is the eight-time champion. And he teaches you how to, uh, how to improve your memory. And wow. I feel like in our careers, I hate looking up things after had already learning, you know, after learned them, then I have to, I feel like I have to go rewatch tutorials constantly. And that ticked me off so much that I'm like, dude, I'm going to improve my memory and I'm just going to remember everything that I learned the first time. And it's been helping me a lot. Man, but it's just so hard to remember it all because like I always just have, I know where to find answers, but man, especially like in coding, just to learn all that, it'll be hard because sometimes you don't use some of this stuff until months later. So I just take a mental note or take a actual note to know where to go to find it. But man, try to memorize all that. Yeah. Well, the thing is like, that's why I like this book. It's about memory. He like reteaches you what memory is. There's actually a lot of creativity involved in memorizing things. You have to visualize and like use your senses. And it's actually not as hard as our school experience has taught us. You know what I mean? So it's been life changing because I, I struggled in school, to be honest, like in a lot of classes and like the analytical classes, I struggled and I couldn't remember stuff. But this guy breaks it down in such a level to where if you're a creative person, you actually have a leg up on how to have a better memory. So it's pretty cool. I would recommend it. Cool. All right. A couple more questions and it looks like we're running out of time. So let's see. What are you most excited about today? 
I am most excited about, first of all, seeing you guys for New Year's. That should be fun. Visiting. Yeah. And then um, in, in, uh, in my job, I'm really excited. I guess I've been talking about it all podcast long, but just 3D characters. I'm learning how to make little, little guys move on screen, and I hope to tell cool stories about that, um, cool stories with them. So I'm really excited about that. Cool. Last question. What advice would you give to someone who is just now starting out? I would give the advice of uh, staying true to yourself and resisting the pressure to conform. I know that sounds very high and lofty, but um, I think sometimes there's in this uh, creative career, there's there's certain expectations of how a creative person should be and what kind of things you should participate in and like and approve of and whatever. And even like the style, sometimes you can work at a company or a place where like everyone thinks this is the style that things should be done in. But I would encourage you to stay true to yourself. If you're a creative person, if you're a talented person, you don't have to conform. You don't have to sell out uh, to blend in with the crowd. Just stay true to you. Great advice. And uh, how can people get in touch with you? People can get in touch with me through, I guess I'm on Twitter. I'm on uh, Twitter. I'm on uh, Facebook. I don't know. what. What's uh, your Twitter handle? My Twitter handle is Dimitri Prok, P-R-O-K. So D-M-I-T-R-I-Y-P-R-O-K. Uh, I'm not on there a whole lot, but I'll answer messages if somebody messages me. Sounds good. All right. Well, Dimitri, thank you so much for joining us. Until next time, bye-bye. All righty. Cheers. All right, you Comedia family, I hope you enjoyed my conversation with my younger brother, Dmitry Proknevsky. You can reach out to Dmitry on his website at dprok.com. It's dprok.com. All the links and resources mentioned in this episode are available on our website at ukramedia.com slash seven. If you would like to be a guest on our show, you can apply at ukramedia.com slash apply. Don't forget to leave us a review on iTunes. Thank you so much for your time. I appreciate you and I look forward to serving you in the next episode of the Media Podcast. Bye-bye.